And we back from the block to the boardroom, baby. Episode eight. Oh yeah, let's get right to it, man. Doctor J, how you how you doing, man? What's the word? I'm doing good, man. How you feeling, good brother? Feeling great, man. It's a good Saturday. Um, we here middle of October. See a lot of cute uh, pumpkin picking going on on Instagram. People in their forfeits. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. I'm supposed to be going um, apple picking tomorrow with my little one. Oh dope. So that dope, should be fun. Oh, that's cute, man. Uh, but let's let's get right into let's it, brother. Right we got a lot to, it, to talk about it, so yes, sir. we're gonna hold y'all. So tell me, uh, mental health check in. How you doing? How you feeling? Man, I'm doing well, bro. I'm doing well. It was a it was a good week overall. Um, hit my um, hit hit all of my gym goals of of reaching the gym and actually the things that I had that I wanted to work on this week. So it was a good fitness week, uh, which is a good pivot from with the whole work from home situation, right? It just it makes it easier to get a workout in each day. When you don't have to commute, um, you know, for me, I was commuting to the city um, every day. So it helps. It helps in, in, in that regard. And then also, I recently, you know, when we took that fishing trip, uh, we got to talk about that on the show, too. Absolutely. But the fishing, we so I'll, I'll scale back to that real quick. So we had a, a chapter fishing trip to uh, Montauk, Montauk, New York, and the Long Island going into Atlantic Ocean, organized by one of our um, older bros who um he's re- he's legit like that was the name of his magazine he's a black outdoorsman and that and that was the name of a magazine that he once had called black outdoorsman i mean he's into he's an angler he's into fishing he's into uh kayaking like all of the stuff that you think typically black men don't do for either fitness or peace of mind or just as an activity he's into hunting you know like he's a black outdoorsman so he organized this trip and um Man, I mean the seas were good to us, bro. Everybody, everybody was hitting. <laughs> you know, everybody came home with with a good amount of fish, and for a lot of us, it was our first time too. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was just a good day or whatever, but we were all hitting. And um, bass, man, it was yeah, caught some pe- uh, some some sea bass, um, porgies. Some people even caught shark too. Um, I brought the sea bass back, filleted. My mom escaviched it, lovely, you know. But um. Outside of all of that, bro, it was just uh, I I always liked the water. I don't know if that's from swim, but I always liked the water. There's always something common about the water, and um, I think that there was something, even considering you know with COVID and everything, like there's no homecoming this year. There was no chapter barbecue. A lot of just even the impromptu linkups we would have, like a bro's crib or something. A lot of that didn't happen, and um, I just think it was it was it was a great mini reunion, a de facto reunion, just being. And also, a lot of times, too, when people link up, they kind of get uh, caught up in the cyber world, right? Phones, this, this, that. Like, and bro, we do not have access right. to any of that. During we the out at sea, and it's just us no doing, an act, doing an activity, you know? Fishing. Like, it was just dope. And I, I, I had even posted on my page, and when I had posted it, um, I had to, you know, do a little history of the word itself. Because even that, like, fellowship, you know, mm-hmm. that word goes back to fellowshippers, you know? Uh, men out at sea on the boat together and their companionship is what will bring their ship to their desired destination. You know, and help them be fruitful, right? Bountiful. Um, so that, that was dope. So pivoting from that, man, um, I had accidentally left my Apple watch, um, in my bag, in my, in, in this Nike book bag that I have. And I wanted to get that kind of that sea smell. Cause it was the, the bag was on the, the boat deck. I wanted to get it out. So I washed my bag and did not realize that my Apple Watch was at the bottom of my bag. So my Apple Watch did a full spin cycle, full wash cycle. But little context, my Apple Watch was already compromised before anyway. It's the first gen Apple Watch. Um, I've had it as a gift from when Apple Watch first dropped. So it was already still I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to have to not have it working anymore, but it was on its way out. So man, I took advantage of the recent Amazon Prime Day and grabbed me a <laughs> Fitbit. Does does everything that the Apple Watch does for the most, at least everything I needed to do. Um, the Fitbit does. Yeah, so I think even the Fitbit possibly helped me to go hard this week too. Because you know you get like some new fitness related gear, something you want to try it out, like you want to see how it worked. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me see how well it tracks. I'm, I'm gonna do the work. So that was a good week um, in that regard. But um, you know. As we always, you know, show the multiple sides to the mental health. One thing that I wanted to speak about was uh, the passing of a brother. I didn't know him that well, but um, I experienced him. Like I experienced his energy, kicked it with him a couple times, and uh, 
that's a brother that went to UA. He's cool with a lot of my UA peoples um, named Sajad. Called him Jad, Sajad uh, Bacchus. So, unfortunately, Sajad passed away at 34 years old battling sickle cell, um, a disease that is, uh, you know, unfortunately has been rough to a lot of um, black people. You know, we, um, I'm not, maybe you could talk to necessarily maybe the science behind it, but I know it's a something with the hemoglobin. It's, it's, it's a trait that's very common in the West African genealogy. But, um, one thing that I wanted to, to ask you, and, and it's something that I even want to pull our listeners into is this whole idea of if, how, how will people remember you? And when I say, how will people remember you? Not necessarily your family, not necessarily your friends, maybe not even necessarily the people that are going to actually show up to your funeral and, and, and speak on your behalf, but just the different people you've come in contact with, people that experienced your energy. Because um, I remember when my boy Jake gave me the call and told me that Jai passed away. And, you know, I don't I don't even think I have Jai's number on my phone, to be honest. Like, I, 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 I didn't know him that well, but instantly I was like, damn, that was a good dude. Because what, what, how I did experience him is that the event that we do with Binghamton, Albany, and Stony Brook alumni, we call it three dose, three degrees of separation. I'm on the committee for the Binghamton side. Jod was on one of the guys on the committee for the um, Albany side. And uh, I just always remember him willing to do the dirty work. When I say the dirty work, the stuff about event organizing that people don't necessarily want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, be the first man there as soon as it starts. You know, as soon like nobody wants to get get there at 6 p.m. Uh, work the door. If, if, if you let him, he'd stay at the door the whole night. He didn't necessarily care to actually go into the event and check it out and what have you. Um, you know, get there early and possibly bring change for people that are paying cash. Just just a little like he just down to facilitate, man, just down to facilitate responsible with it. And, and that was just his energy every time, man, just cool, laid back. Just what we got to get done. Let's get it done. So, like I said, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I had, like, many conversations and, you know, a lot of conversations of depth with the brother. But every time we did an event and we worked together, it was just peace, you know. So, it's like, although I didn't know him well, what I did experience from him, I I have good memories. So, it's just something I, I, I you know, want to have our listeners think about. Maybe you could even think about it, like. You know, maybe like maybe just the person that you see in passing on the train often. Maybe somebody you see in your office. Maybe it's your mail carrier. You know, just folks that you guys might come in contact. You don't know each other that well, but you guys come in contact. But it's like, what would that what would somebody who interacts with you say of your energy? You know, what what would their thoughts of your energy be? Uh, well, again, rest in peace to Chad. And I think you're absolutely right. How do you experience people? I think that really sticks out when you're talking about how people remember you afterwards. And not even just after when you die, after you interact with them. And that goes on at such a deep level. After you leave college and school with them, after you leave an organization with them, after you leave a specific period of time that you're around them, how are people going to experience you? And I, and I think that is big. And too many times we go through life not caring about how we're going to actually affect others. Mm-hmm. When I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest parts of life. Absolutely. Your relationships with others, even ones that are not deep relationships. Right. How you just treat people when you have nothing invested nothing in Nothing to give to them. Just, You're not going yeah. to get nothing from them, right? Like you don't necessarily have to give them anything. You don't need them in life. But how do you treat them? And I... I try to be very cognizant of that because I think it's important. And I, I just try to do good deeds for people because I feel like we should all. And it sounds like I didn't know Jods personally. Right. But I can tell how much he meant to people, just how much I saw him on my timeline. Right. right. And not just from people from Albany. Like, I, like, of course, the Albany community feels it, and my heart goes out to that entire community. Absolutely. Because Binghamton community, we just lost one of somebody that was near and dear to us right. a couple months ago. So my heart definitely goes out to them. And But you saw it from people from Stony Brook, from people from Binghamton, from people that didn't go to any of these SUNY schools. So you know it meant something. You know that just in him living his life. Day to day. 
he affected people. Yeah, like people yeah. experienced him in a positive in light. In a positive manner. And we need yep. to be able to do that more often because then the world will become just a much better, better place. place. Yeah. You know, and speaking on sickle cell, it sucks. Um, it disproportionately affects blacks America. Uh, and the crazy thing though is that it was thought to that we as black people developed that as a way to protect ourselves from malaria. Because mm. if you have sickle cell, you have a very less chance of getting, getting it. Malaria. So during the slave oh. trade and them being brought over, it was thought that our body affected it. But it's so much, it goes so much deeper when you right. talk about disparities, Science the way that they're yeah. treated, the way they don't get treated for pain, the way they don't get treated when they're in crisis mode. Like it's so crazy just because they're black. Uh, yeah. And we'll get much more deeper into that. On the health topic. We lost Prodigy to that, right? Prodigy yeah. from Mob Deep? Yes. Yeah, a couple of people, it's, it's big. Um, actually, I, I did also lose a cousin to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it is bad. Um, but And I, just quickly for me, mental health check-in, I'm good, focused. You touched on everything with the chapter barbecue, not barbecue, the, the fish chapter fishing trip, which is amazing. The bro that planned it pledged in spring 1987. We had bros that pledged in spring Shout 20. Right, we, bros that pledged in spring 20, that was there. Yeah, right? 80, like 83 to 20. Right. So, so you, you know, it's funny. Even um, a friend of mine, a friend of mine that commented um, that I that I know back from when I was a little kid that I, that I used to swim with. Um, friend of mine, she's an AKA, and she was like, "Man, like I like your chapter's dynamic. Yeah, it's like, special. Like you don't really see that. Like eighty three and spring twenty. Like a dude in his fifties, a kid who's nineteen years old." Together and, and we all to you know we all together all throughout the years we all there having conversations having building. conversations cracking jokes you know fellowshipping it's a, it's amazing yeah. like I lo I love it I love that about our chapter absolutely I would never change that like I'm glad I pledged I will never do it again but that decision has paid off a thousand times over yeah, yeah. easily I like I love it to share brotherhood alone absolutely. But all right, let's let's get right into the program, let's man. Let's get right into the check-in. What you bro. what you got for us? What's on the A block? So um, there's a lot going on as we get closer to election season. There's a lot going on as we get closer to election season. And recently, last week, we had the vice presidential debate mm -hmm. with Kamala Harris um, and current vice president Mike Pence. And one thing I wanted to bring up, of course, this came from the Fox News type folks and and so forth, but. The double standard, even though I know it exists, it'll always amuse me. And I just thought it was very interesting. I feel like there was a lot of critique um, from the conservatives about some of Kamala Harris's. And, you know, black Twitter, social media, some of it, we, we made some jokes about it, about, like, the side eyes or the I'm speaking. You know, like, there was some commentary made about it. However, um, I, think, I think the key thing is that it really was no more off line i wouldn't say off brand but any more offline or out of the ordinary from what politicians and particularly our president does all the time i mean trevor noah had done a great side-by-side -side comparison of it nobody smirks and makes funny faces when talking to um, an opposing politician or somebody more than donald trump does you know but it kind of goes back to the whole black woman and you know being over aggressive or this that like they really made a thing out of some of her, uh, you know, just mannerisms when Mike Pence was talking, you know, legit garbage, like fuckery, you know, like things that made zero or just not answer or just or just all right or just ducking and dodging the question like anyone would make a face because you could just look and be like, OK, you're overting the question or you're not being truthful here or you're not speaking logically. So, you know, I don't know your thoughts on that, but that your thoughts on the debate overall. But that, that double standard I heard, I was like, wow, like they love to do this. They love like it, to do this. And I think it goes. Well, first, black women should be allowed to express themselves however they want. Right. Especially when you are in the model of having a president that says and does anything that he want like just because she's a woman just because she's black doesn't mean that she should have to conform to what you want her to do although you're not conforming to the same thing and she went in there making a cognizant effort to not talk over mm -hmm. him to mm -hmm. not say something because there was a lot of critique that there was points where she could have and she caught a little flag from the Democratic supporters that from not doing it. she should have went she should have went for that that jab and she didn't. But cognizantly, she was trying to not do right. what Trump and 
um, Biden had done. Right. And I get that. And make it and like that kind of match. Yeah. Pence wasn't respecting that though. Right. Pence was just kind of like, oh yeah, cool. I'm just go ahead and do this. And it's like, no, you can't do that. Like, this is what, like, she's clearly saying, I'm going to let you talk. When you finish talking, let me talk. And I think she should have been respected. And, and the other thing is, it also goes back to, did you watch, what is the show on Netflix with, um, what is the show that Tracy Ellis Ross is in it? Um, with Anthony Anderson. Anderson. Oh, uh, Blackish. But the the founder of Blacklist, the show he oh, created. Oh, Ken, Kenya Burns. He Black made as, something Black called. As fuck. Uh, yeah, Black as fuck. I never watched so, it though, but I'm familiar. So I watched it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's for a specific audience. Let me say right. that. Okay. I found it to be absolutely hilarious. Okay. But in the comedy, there's also truth. And one of the things he's talking about is That's the best kind of comedy. constantly having to dress up when you're black. Right. right, like constantly having to be professional, always on point, and how much of a burden that actually is. It's like, like you got to put your best foot your, forward. All your of white you. counterparts yeah, could you, come in with scuffed slouchy. up shoes yep, yep. and slacks and a shirt that's open, but you got to come you in. Can't three have a bad piece, day. You can't have a bad day. Yep. And what I have been doing is starting to make a cognizant effort to not do that, because one, I have a doctorate now. So because I have a doctorate now, regardless of how you look at me, when I say doctor such and such, it gets you to, to open your eyes. Right. Then the second thing is, especially when I'm going to see patients in and out their house, like I told them, one, I'm dressing down because I'm blending in with my community. You stick out in some of our neighborhoods, you're going to get robbed or you're going to have a problem. Mm, I'm true. blending in. That's true. I don't want nobody feeling like I'm better than them. But then also, more importantly, I tell my patients, it doesn't matter what you think of me when you meet me. Like, you can see me in gray sweats, jeans, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Or you can also see me in a suit. It doesn't matter what you think of me when you see me. It only matters what you think of me when I leave When you, you leave and how was the service provided. And I think that's what we have to get back to because when you take away them feeling upset that she had an attitude or she snapped back or some of her sayings, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, she handled herself very well in that situation. Agreed. So, Agreed, bro. And I... It's very interesting. Um, another topic I wanted to bring up in, in regards to the election, we spoke about this and uh, a guest that we had uh, earlier earlier in our show, um, I think it was episode two, episode three, me and him were having a discussion, uh, James Johnson. Shout out to him. He's getting ready to run for city council in 2021. Oh, he finally um, announced it. Yes, sir. For, okay. for our district in Queens. So I might it's, run. it's kicking off. Oh, political aspirations. Yeah. You saying it here? Did, yeah. Did, did the audience get the, get the early scoop <laughs> Yeah. I might. I've been thinking about Julius it. Johnson, Doctor Julius Johnson, City Council. I, 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 I okay. But go ahead, talking about my cousin James but Johnson. We uh we was rapping and one and, and we'll, trust me, this is going to go much further this episode. But one of the major critiques that the the black community um often has been saying about Kamala Harris, about Joe Biden, um has been, and I'll I'll see this clip brought up often on social media. Has been the uh, the crime bill on the on the point on the part Federal of Biden, crime the crime bill in the mid '90s, and then Kamala Harris's time as a prosecutor. But let's more so focus on Joe Biden and um, the crime bill, and and he was you know one of the main senators on the floor pushing the crime bill, and some of the comments that he had made associated to why they have to do it, and and this that, which um, in essence, we, let's just be fully frank, had racist undertones and maybe even overtones. To, the, to, to them I want to go back Jay to and I even had this conversation with my mom and she said yeah absolutely right I want to go back to the early to mid 90s in New York City post crack era just just coming out of it right after the David Dinkins era um, crime is once again looking like the 70s in New York crime is out of control crime is out of control Crime is out of control in New York City. And major crime. And major and major crime at that too. Major crime is out of control in New York City. And a lot of black folks, not even the black middle class, just the whole black working class, black middle class, is really not sure how things can get under control and what needs to be done. And also fearing for their they own livelihood and, the, and their own assets that they've built. And for their children. And for their children future. and the next generation that was coming up. And they hear a lot of these ideas that was proposed at the time regarding the crime bills and things of that nature. And they thought that was a good idea. Now, in hindsight, is always 2020, as they say. 
they you know after we've seen what's taken place since then and, and how uh the volumes of um black men in prisons has skyrocketed since then i mean it's been skyrocketing since the 70s but that was a major major push and augmenter of those statistics but at that point in time i mean you had leaders in the community like reverend floyd flake who was endorsing candidates who was pushing that you know black people we it wasn't fully unison but black people showed up for giuliani and giuliani got a lot of credit for lowering crime in new york city and then black people were a big and black people were a big push for Bloomberg, not one, not two, but three terms. Yeah, that third term, he brought his way pretty much. And 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 stop and frisk was introduced under Bloomberg, if I'm not mistaken, no, wasn't under it? Giuliani. Under Giuliani, okay, Bloomberg but it, but it, it. but it furthered. Um, so we've learned a lot since, right? We learned a lot in hindsight, and but I just think that when people are being so critical of that at that you know uh, of of that uh, of that crime bill in that era, and 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 really pushing the race behind it. Um, it's it's a hindsight perspective. I think they should keep in fact they should keep in mind the fact that at a point in time we were behind this same legislature. We played a role in it. We played a role in it. We played right. a role in it. So, and we talked about this also off mic. So I, yes, I agree with you. We played a role in a federal crime bill. You could. And you don't have to take my word, my word for it. You could go back to the 13th documentary and you can see where some of those black leaders who actually spoke up for it, thought it was a good idea, talked about some of the reasons they thought why. At that time. Right. At that time. And I think some of the problem, and I'm going to continuously say this for, uh, throughout the rest of this year and next year, when you talk about strategic implementation and follow through with it. So for a lot of the black people... They wanted something to be done, but they didn't partake in the strategic planning, mm -hmm. the implementation, mm -hmm. and then very important, the reevaluation of it. Mm -hmm. So when you are not doing that, you are causing issues. This man is preaching. And you have to always be cognizant that you can't just implement something. Right. You especially can't implement something within a neighborhood without people who are experts in that neighborhood. Uh, and who understand the neighborhood. We spoke about this last episode with the whole investigation that the Louisville Police Department was doing. Yes. And how that lacked insider intel. Yep. And we how spoke about, about this. it. Right. Because yep. there are experts that do research and can find out this is a problem. Mm -hmm. But there's a big difference between this is a problem and what the cause of the problem is. Because if you don't know what the cause of the problem is and you put a solution in, you're never going to treat the cause of the problem. You're just treating the actual problem, but it can continue. Right. Right. Which is why you went back and you had the federal crime bill. You had stop and frisk. You had all these different things implemented, but it didn't fix black people being in poverty. Right. Right. It didn't fix black people not having jobs. It didn't fix the education segregation that we have in New York City and most states, but it's the highest in New York in New York City, right? Because it didn't fix all of those because it never realized what the actual what the actual cause, root cause of, of the it. problem was. And it also goes back to in a family, if somebody in my family disrespects me or hurts me or even profits off of me, I will be more willing to forgive them than the people who are not in my family that participated with them. Like, you're kind of like, you're my family, so you're always going to be my family. I have to accept you to right. some extent, depending on your family structure. Right. I don't have to accept the people you was with when you was doing it. It's a fact. And that's been what Biden has been punished for. That's why Hillary lost her. That's why she lost two elections, right? Because she lost to Obama off of this. Right, true. And then she also lost to Trump mm -hmm. off of this. But some of the other problems is, so we highlight this issues that, yes, black people played a role in it as well. But when you look at certain things, like, for instance, when Bill Clinton tried to defend it, Bill Clinton first came out, was very apologetic, and was like, yeah, I apologize. But then when Bill Clinton got pressed by Black Lives Matter people, he turned into, I don't know what you would call these people that was getting these black teenage black kids strung out on drugs and then making them go sell things and make it, I don't know what you would want to call them. But we call them predators. predators. It seems like appropriate. You can't take that 
defense. You can't stand on that right. side if you are a white person. True. Because it didn't rip through your community. And I think one of the things that Biden has done is he's apologized. He's pushed back a little bit, but he hasn't tried to go. Fully yeah, but up. this is why. Like, he didn't provide, like, a Clinton S explanation. That'd kill him. Yeah. This is one of the things where you got to put your hand up and say, I was wrong. I fucked up. I apologize. This at the time is what we may have thought was the way, yeah. And it wasn't. And again, I apologize, right? Because when you apologize to somebody, you almost take the power away from them to hurt you with it continuously. Especially when you accept, when you really accept, yo, I fucked up. Bloomberg kind of did it with Stop and Frisk. It still didn't seem very authentic, but I did watch a clip where he kind of did say, in hindsight, this was a very bad policy. And I shouldn't have pushed this but the, even further. So than for Bloomberg, though, his political career didn't go no further. So right, he didn't true. have to answer so he, it yeah, again. True, true. But when you have to answer it again, again time yeah. and time, you really have to just stand on the well, morals. Well, actually, of, no, technically, he did, it, he did it when he was making that, I don't know if it was a real push or a fake push for president. For president. Yeah. But that's what I meant. It was so short lived. Like he had, yeah. like, what, a month? He yeah. joined late. And then even and then when he was, he was late, no they got him up out of there real yeah. quick. Yeah. So he didn't really have to explain it. So if he would have started pushing back against it, it would have became a problem. True. So that, that that's how I feel about it. You know, I understand people being upset about the federal crime bill, upset about other things that were said. Mm-hmm. But we also have to learn to forgive people who sincerely want to be forgiven, who sincerely or, or see, see yeah. what they did and they fucked up and they're like, I want to be forgiven. I don't want to do this no more. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a case with Joe Biden, but just... In general, I feel you. I definitely do feel you. <laughs> Going off of the spirit of uh, the topic that we're currently on, and this is where it's going to get a little hot and dicey. Let me uh, let me ease off my hoodie. The contract with Black America. Oh, yeah. Mr. Ice O'Shea Cube. Jackson, Ice Cube. Prolific writer. Mm-hmm. Writer of most of the, the bars that you heard during the NWA era. The album The Predator was amazing. Segwayed into TV, movies, did a lot, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the big three, still going. They said it was going to be a joke. It's a good brother, smart brother. No pushover, never been. Always been political and, 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 and speaking defiance from NWA days, from early. Um, caught a lot of heat when he used to um, be associated with the Nation of Islam early in his career. Mm-hmm. Been called things as such, even uh, anti-Semitic, because of his affiliation with Farrakhan. He's he's used to the hot water. He's used to the hot water. Um, been that way for quite some time. But we have something that came in the news, and now he's in hot water again. But now he's in hot water with his own community, because he currently has something on the table called the contract with Black America, and it's a list of points of things that he wants to see. In order for a, pilot, for a particular party, whether it's the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, to get the votes of black Americans. And it appears that possibly it appears that possibly it was reported wrong. Uh, I saw a lot of headlines. Even my sister sent me one where it said that uh, Ice Cube is working with Trump's ca- campaign, Trump's Trump's cabinet to pushes contract with black america agenda so i watched two different videos i watched the one with trump i forgot who he was talking to and then you and i both watched the chris como one um shortly uh uh, shortly before we started recording and not sure if this is fully accurate but essentially what cube was saying is i'm not working with anyone in particular this is my plan and i reached out to both sides blue side red side and said who wants to hear me out both camps responded. One camp said, I like the sound of that. But you know what? After the election, let's really dig into that. Other camp said, you know what? Pull up. Let's 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 talk about that right now. Let me let me let me hear some more about that. And uh, somehow it seemed like that's ended up being reported that like he was advocating for Trump or wanted to work for Trump. And uh, I think Cube was making it pretty clear that he's a. He's an independent man. He's an independent thinker. He's not aligned to either party. He's aligned to who can actually give him a hair, a give a, give him their air, and uh, execute on the contract with Black America. So, so that that's that's just the first part. That's just just to clarify the headlines. 
But now let's really dig into that and, and some of the things that he, some of the things that Ice Cube discussed. So here's my issue with it, and this is where I'll start, Jay. And we we went to some of the we we know Biden's controversial. We talked a little bit on last episode of this whole holding the black vote hostage. I saw that Diddy was saying that early in the year. Now Diddy's such a stance and saying that listen, it would be irresponsible to hold a black vote hostage. We have to get Trump out. Like he pushes white supremacy. Not saying that Biden's just gonna have an easy run, but we need to at least get somebody in that we could work with, and then we'll hold them accountable. But we can't just not do nothing because you know because we're not fully Biden to Biden because not voting for Biden at least for the black community is a vote for Trump. Everyone that Biden don't get, you know, some Trump's constituency is going to show up. Like his demographic, the demographics that he supports, they're going to show up. Um, so did he did he switched on that on that stance? Um, so I'll go back to Ice Cube and the contract with Black America. I just don't even. And I'm trying to not to be biased, but you got to you got to look at the facts. You got to look at the way of things and you got to look at the, the, the way how things trickle down, what what people have said and what they've shown you. And when somebody shows you, when somebody shows you who they are, you have to accept it and believe it. Yeah. So when someone shows you who they are, you, you have to you have to believe them. You have to accept it. Me personally, Jay. I don't see what even if even if we could agree that, uh, you know, Biden has his ways and the Dems have not always done right by the black community. We, we know all of that. But what would make anyone think that Donald Trump has any interest in doing something that will close the wealth gap between black Americans and white Americans in this nation? What what would make any black person think that he has an actual sincere interest in in, in, in in making that happen? Like that does not that does not serve his constituency well, constituency well. That does not serve any of his business interests well, any of the people that he's affiliated with. I just it it seems to me like you just want to be heard, you want to be entertained, because it's like Trump, you know, you see with Kanye, he'll do that. You know, he's a reality TV show star. He'll do stuff for the entertainment, but you think he's really going to put forth a, a, a program that will help propel the 13 percent uh, black population of this nation and, 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 and propel us economically upward? I, I don't see that. So here's my thing with Ice Cube. So he had this plan contract with black America, even though he's not the representative for all of black America, but he's trying to actually do something, which I appreciate. Right, so. Yeah. He got this plan, and he presents it to both parties. Now, keep in mind, he's trying to strategically do this right before an election to get them to that's, go. That's, that's another issue I had. With right? Him. So it's, he, he did this strategically, right? Because remember, two years ago, he was calling for Donald Trump to be arrested. Right. So he strategically did this to try to position himself to be able to advocate for black people. I'm not upset about that. The thing that bothers me is you have to understand who you are trying to position in, who you are trying to position and what's going to cause them to accept the leverage that you're using on them. Okay. So give you an example. He sent it to both parties. Biden told them, I like what this is about. Let's talk more about it after election. Biden can say that. Biden has Kamala Harris as his VP. Biden has done very well with the black vote right now. He doesn't have to try to press and take out time from actually recruiting voters to talk with one person intensely about a plan that he's then going to have to go back and talk to other people. Trump, on the other hand, is not doing good with black voters right now, right. this time around. Trump need all the gimmicks. What right. Ice Cube doesn't know about the Trump-Pence policy that some of us do know who work in like professional organizations is that they will do a lot of jucking and chicken and jiving, right? Our first, that was the that was the uh, the name of our first, first episode. episode. Yeah, and the reason why I say that is what was well, second one I believe. But the reason why I say that is because I was on a call with the vice president about the COVID during the pandemic, everything, and they wanted to talk about the black community. So they got all of the black professional organizations on. We was on a call for an hour, bro. Do you know they spent the hour? 
meaning Pence and then two of his black staffers that work for him spent that hour thanking Pence for the things he has done for the black community. What the fuck has Pence done for the black community? Hmm. And what has he done that's worth thanking him for an hour Maybe when I'll you got all of the presidents know. of all of these black professional organizations that's on his call to help the black community? Right. This is this is the shucking and jiving that goes on with them. So it's just really to it's use you as optics. a pawn. Yeah. So what actually ended up happening was Pence was able to turn around and go, I got all of these black organizations on National Medical Association, National Black Nursing Association, National Association of Social Workers, National um, Society of Black Engineers, and so forth and so forth. And I got them all on a phone call, and we talked about all of this and the things that we're going to work with the black community. They was very grateful. But ain't none of that but shit actually, actually happened. nothing actually came to any fruition or anything like that. Yeah. No, yeah. There was no plan discussed, was period. No plan. Yeah. It was just a thank you session, which was bullshit. They're good for that. So good you, for that. So and, you got to know... You, you can't let people... Because they'll do that. You can't... Black folk, we can't let people play into our frustrations to pawn us. Because they know we're very frustrated right now. And, but and, you got to have... A, everyone you're frustrated, you got to have a pivot. Because if you're frustrated and you're upset, man, you're weak. And, and, that's, and people will realize that and, and they will use you in that moment. That's not to say that Dems haven't been using us too, but trust, Republicans will use our frustration with Dems to use us even further. Absolutely. And... Like, so you, you have this. So my thing was, they used you as a pawn and you upset now because what they did was, yo, we have a platinum package project for black people. One, why are you calling it platinum? It's not a hip hop video, mm. right? Like, am I bugging? True. Do people yeah. even I wear did, platinum yeah. jewelry right. anymore? Any, yeah. What, what's, right? what's so, up with that name, platinum so package? You, you, you call it the platinum package. And then you say, yeah, we got Ice Cube on board because you've taken some of his ideas, ideas and, yeah. and put it into it. I saw he clarified so go, that up with Chris Cuomo. He's right? like, that's so, not my plan. Yeah. So you got played for a pawn and you mad at us. Mm. Right? Like you misdirecting your anger. Come clarify with us, but be mad at the people who played you for a pawn. Right. And that's my problem with, with uh, Ice Cube. And it's my problem with other black people that I do it with them. Like Kanye West. Kanye was a huge Trump supporter. If Trump's so good, like Kanye was saying, why the, why the hell is Kanye running for president? Right. I wouldn't run for president against Bar somebody, Barack Obama. Right, somebody, I personally somebody think Obama good. I'm not going to challenge him. Right. I want him to keep doing what he's doing. Right? Like, so you get when you get used as a pawn, blame the people that use you as a pawn. Don't come at other people. And it's also just the timing with things, too. I just feel like kind of right now where it's at, this whole argument of, well, what are, what are folks doing for the black vote? Like, we can't always be a day late and a dollar short, right? Like, oh, yeah. these, the, it, it, I said it on the last episode, it takes more than just voting. It's multiple things taking place in conjunction. You're hitting it from different angles. You're not just hitting the jab. You're working the jab, uh -uh, uppercut, throwing the hook. Like, it's a combination of punches taking place simultaneously. They're working in conjunction. Um, and... So if you think that voting alone is going to fix everything, it's not. But I can tell you that not voting, abstaining from the process, isn't going to get you much further either. Because as we go back to the number that Ice Cube threw out there, we're 13% of the population. And trust me, nobody's really killing themselves for that vote. If they can get it, they like it. But surely won't be missed in the grand scheme of things numerically. So if we just think that, oh, well, we're going to stay on the sideline until somebody comes with what they're going to do specifically for black America, I think we'll be on the sideline for a very long time. Because if I'm not mistaken, it's similar sentiments while we, while we sat on the sideline in 2016 in large numbers. And here we are four years later, and we didn't get too much better. But under, so it goes back to what I was saying before, Trev. Strategic planning, mm -hmm. strategic implementation. And execution. And Right and evaluation yeah, during this right. process absolutely and we and we, got, when we have you to don't do that have that so voting is part of the strategic it's part of the process right so now I've strategically told you that I leverage my vote to get you in office now I can strategically also tell you that I use my vote in this wave to flip the Senate for you you need me in two more years right right like you need me in two more years between two to four years at the most because. The House got to run. The Senate got to run. You need control of both. So because you need me for this, now I can leverage to the other strategic things. What are we doing for the black community? 
how we decriminalizing certain things and certain behaviors. Right. In like, the meantime, also, what is the black community doing internally to push their economic position and bolster their economic position to demand more also? Something that Dr. Claude Anderson talks about. But it's it's multiple aspects. And I think what it really is we we're not doing our part also. Not saying that they're not, you know, deceiving us and, and playing politics, but we're not doing our part fully on all on all corners and then we're getting upset at the powers that be in the system. You know? But listen, at the end of the day, the election's closer than it was last episode we did. It's coming. Here we are mid October. It's real close. Like and, Seventeen days out. And any argument that kind of pushes black folk just not doing anything is an argument I'm not for. Not at all. I'm just I, I I'll be frank with you. I'm not gonna say that we don't have to hold people accountable, XYZ, but any argument that pushes the idea of black folk just staying on the sideline, you lost me. Like this we don't even have to talk any further. And I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm a Joe Biden and Kamala Harris biggest fan. But as I said to you before, off the record, I mean off the mic, I think we can push and hold them more accountable and do what you mentioned, the strategic planning, implementation, review. I think we can do that more with them than the clan that's in the White House right now. I don't think I think if they, we're not getting anywhere with that. Un, except let it stray. Let them, you know, yeah. no, nothing's happening. There's no fruit gonna grow in that garden. It's barren agree. there. You know? Um, real quick too, while we on that topic, because you you know, we remembered the whole thing with his taxes. Robert Smith, richest black man in America. Uh, made a lot of news two years ago. Folks that didn't know him from, you know, what he did with Vista Vista Capital Partners, his uh his firm, paid off an entire. He 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 spoke at a commencement uh program for Morehouse commencement speech, and at the end of his speech, he told him, "Listen, I'm taking care of everyone's debt, the whole graduating class, and." You know, you've had people who try to duplicate similar smaller scale efforts since black people are wealthy. It was, it was a super dope gesture. It was just like, wow, like look at the look what the wealthiest black man just did for so many, you know, uh, young men who just graduated from historically black college. And, you know, he's a billionaire he, and, and billionaires are very, um, very much in, in into the, the idea, not even idea, the the business savvy of trying to protect their wealth. They get top-tier accountants, some of the best accountants that money could buy to come up with different ideas and strategies on how to protect their wealth. Some of this could be creating um, shell companies. Some of them could be domiciled on offshore accounts, different things. You write off losses. Sometimes when it's reviewed, some of these losses look questionable. But a lot of these things are the same thing that Donald Trump's team did when people saw that he only paid $750 in taxes. The interesting thing is that when... Uh, a white man does it, a wealthy white man does it, they go, oh, that's smart accounting. That's some savvy accounting right there. Who, who, which accountants you have? Those guys are good. When the people for Vista Partners and under Robert Smith did it, he has he was fined. Uh, 140 mil, and I mean, that sounds like a lot, but in proportion to his wealth, he'll it's not going to break him, right? Like He's not going to fall out of the billionaire category for it. But just the fact that it, I, I personally feel like it's not so much the injustices, what these billionaires do to overt paying taxes, because the reality is in a capitalist society, wealth, wealth, wealth creation, you're going to have to protect your wealth and you have to try to accumulate and save wealth. They're going to do this. It's just interesting that the justice system only has an eye for when we do it as opposed to when other people do it. And I just found it very interesting that uh, he came under fire for that. And it's a game that all of our favorite tech companies do. You know, it's all, all of the, the billion, it, it, that shell companies. I mean, beyond billionaires, just regular companies do it. Yeah, on, on, LLCs, a PLLCs, on a smaller scale. Yeah. Have, uh, on a smaller scale, yeah. It's just interesting that in this day and age, in this climate, where Trump has let large-scale corporations run amok, right? Reduce taxes on them. And don't get me wrong, you... The idea is you reduce taxes on the people with the most money and it will make them want to put more money back into the economy, creating jobs, et cetera, et cetera. I know that. But in this era where Trump is doing it, the most famous person that gets caught for tax fraud is going to be a black man. Yeah. Right. A black man who pretty much upscale Trump. 
mm-hmm. because this is around the time of graduations and you know sometimes the presidents give graduations like at West Point and this man upscaled him by saying yeah I'm gonna pay for everybody and 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 he's just been he's been very vocal lately you know um he's been very vocal he's he's part of the reform alliance uh along with Jay-Z and uh Meek Mill and uh, Robert Kraft and Michael Rubin and those guys um he's you know he's he's gotten to a point where he's comfy with his uh I wouldn't say comfy but he he knows his place with his wealth is is fairly solidified and so you know that's often the, the way how brothers got to do it you kind of got to keep your head down don't draw too much attention and once you get to a certain level say like, all right now I could shake 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 the room up a little bit but I will tell you man America makes it very hard to lift as you climb because it's like all right he you know he got to his 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 point and now he's trying to you see him being a little bit more vocal being more of an advocate for Black American economics and. He's on their radar, you know. He's yeah. on their, he's on their radar now, which sucks, which absolutely sucks. Want to shift topics to the twenty nineteen, twenty twenty NBA champions are the Los Angeles Lakers, starring LeBron James, co-starring Anthony Davis, a few other good men, Dwight Howard with an amazing comeback story. AC Alex Alex Caruso, who looks like he could be more of a math teacher than a baller, but he knows how to ball. Rajon Rondo, one in Boston years back, one out here. High IQ. You know playoff Rondo. You know how he do. Danny Green, Long Island Zone. A bum for missing that shot, but I won't disrespect that man. I know he could ball too. I know he could ball. Would have just been great if he made that shot. Uh who else? Who else? Who else really? Oh, KCP. KCP. Got a real southern name. Coventius. Caldwell Pope, you know his family was in the church, but KCP played very good in the finals. Yeah, KCP played very good in the finals. Listen, Kuzma was okay. Kuzma did his thing too, but uh, you and I, we don't agree on everything, especially with sports. But one thing you and I have in common is that we both big LeBron James fans. Absolutely. In terms of the man he is off the court, and even his style of play, the way, how he is on the court. Well, on the court, LeBron is easily in my top five. I'm big Same. on championships, so Same. I will always have Jordan one. Same. One in those six and pretty much seven years, technically eight. I always have Jordan one for that. LeBron then to me comes either somewhere between two and four, depending on where you want to put it. Right. I can understand people who put Magic above him because Magic won five in 10 years, which is very impressive. I can understand people who would put Kobe up there because mm-hmm. Kobe has five. I get it. I do think after seeing this, LeBron's going to get at least one more. If he gets one more, he will always be number two on my list. But I also just grew up a Jordan fan, so I'm biased. Right. I right. think what they did and what they accomplished in the bubble and locking in and LeBron being a big family person. And as you can see, even like this year, there was a lot of games where he, like he had his daughter there. You know, he's like, my princess, you want some candy? I'm going to get you some candy. Right. right. Making security, go get her, her candy. And to be away from your family, like most other players were, to accomplish this goal was huge. So I think that's dope. Off the court, though, LeBron is easily number one in terms of athletes and fluence and, and what they use. Well. You you still got Ali and others, but in terms of NBA players, yeah, 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 number one. Well, I mean, I put LeBron up in that Ali purpose, right? Like, I understand that Ali spoke out and spoke up and spoke against things. Like, I completely understand. Don't forget the prison time in the prime of his career, oh, yeah. trying to make that statement too. Absolutely, right? LeBron and didn't I, have to. LeBron so far has not had to sacrifice prison his time. career or no, his, or his prime years while doing all the good work that he does. Yeah, but I'm just happy that somebody with LeBron's bandwidth of money knowledge information yeah has been able to pour that back into this community absolutely, absolutely. Right? like you you look at him starting up a school in his neighborhood for Promise all black Academy. boys yep and giving all of them scholarships for four years to go to college mm-hmm. that's huge that's big the him speaking up about these injustices demanded at his entire league and so that's what i mean by like impact and, and it right. doesn't it's not to knock any other athlete right like with Muhammad Ali did is huge. What Colin Kaepernick did is huge, right? So, like, you just really talking about the gods of sacrifice and things like that. Like, one is not necessarily greater than the other. Of social activism while being a star athlete, absolutely. So, I just definitely appreciate him and everything that he's done. I'm happy to see him like this. He deserves it. I hope they go ahead and repeat. It speaks volumes, bro. It speaks volumes. I mean, third third team. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, third team that he did it with. Yeah. Um, a lot of people thought that, you know, this L.A. joint was going to kind of be a flop. He was going to just, 
either retire or he here just or, went or, there or for be money. Out, be, be out of here soon. He went here for Hollywood. This, this, that. Um, listen, man, I, I, it, it doesn't. He, he's not the goat for me. I, I don't want to make this all about the goat debate because that's yeah. gonna be his own podcast. He's not the goat for me either. I still have MJ over him, and I think Stephen A. Uh, really hit the nail on the head. And I don't agree with a lot of stuff Stephen A. says, but he said, "Well, what is it for you? What does LeBron have to do?" Um, to 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 be the goat, and I kind of agree with Stephen A. It's not so much what he has to do; it's what's already happened. And I'm not blaming LeBron. Trust me, making to the finals all the years he did is remarkable. Just the reason why, as much as I, I'll always have LeBron, for me it's two or three. I, I don't think I'll go as low as four. It's two or three, depending on how we trying to critique it. But the reason why I have Jordan number one over him is for the simple fact that Jordan's undefeated in the finals, mm-hmm. and you know. Those 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 finals losses is just it's, it's a couple of them. Up. They add up. They add up. Um, not not knocking the man, but it just is what it is. So that's that's why Jordan's gonna be number one for me. But one thing on the topic I just wanted to explore with you because you talked about the whole social activism. I could totally understand from a basketball perspective, folks not being a fan a fan of Bron. I know he's caught some heat. You know, uh, folks wish he was a little bit more aggressive. Maybe they feel like he looks for the foul too much. Different different basketball analysis. But, you know, and I've seen this video on social media, I'd shared it because sometimes I just feel like some people, like people legit hate on LeBron James. Like, they don't want him to win. Like, I remember even one time when I Promise School was started. Um, and then there was a conversation one time in my barbershop and somebody was talking about his school. And then somebody was like, man, but he always be looking for the foul though. And it's like, bro, two separate things. Like, all right, you could feel how you want to feel about that man game. What we talking about right now is that this man just started a whole school for people that look like you and I. And I think those are people. Like, who don't, like- don't, don't confuse the two. So it's like, it's, it's the whole idea, the, the, the little snippet that I shared on social media is basically saying, like, why don't you want to see this man win? Like, even if you don't, even if you're not a fan of his, right? Even if you don't like LeBron as a player. Why don't you want to see, like, why are you against what he's about? Why are you against him winning on or off the court? Because, why does that bother you? Because and I think that people, speaks to a lot of things. You, we, we, could, we could jump into those that. Those are people that let their hate guide their emotions. Yeah. Right? Like, you, they let their hate guide you on how you're going to describe you, yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's okay to be challenged. Right? And people don't understand that. Like, I love Mike. It's okay for all of these the Kobe's, the Bronze, the Kevin Durant's. It's okay for all these people to challenge Mike's position. Like, it's okay. And then it's also okay if we just disagree. And you have some people who just hate that notion that LeBron might be better than Kobe, that he might be better than Mike, that he might be better than Magic. So everything he does, they just give hate that's just driving them towards it. Right. Which is ex- it's extremely corny. And that's going to and that's gonna blind and jade anything that he does. Yeah, but nah, but shout out to him. Like he said, put some goddamn respect on his name. Some respect on it, man. Right? Like, uh, shout out to him, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Shout out to him. Hopefully, they go back and they repeat. Axmont, LeBron, so big we got to respond. <laughs> Yo, so um, season finale tomorrow. I'll show that we've both been tapped in. And listen here, listeners. We're going to have a special for you coming. We're going to go back to back on y'all. We're going to drop another episode real quick. Uh, because we're just going to have a whole full discussion talking about one of our favorite shows on TV right now, and that is uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO. Man, I don't even know what to call that genre because there's horror, there's sci-fi, but at the same time, it's real, it's historical, it's our story, and a lot of our story is horror, especially the black story in America. That's the reality of it, Um, but I love the sci-fi element added into it too. It's, It's dope. It's dope. Um, but yeah, 10 episodes, uh, 10th episode is tomorrow night. Don't want to go too deep into it. Cause I know we're going to explore a lot of themes, but Jay, is there anything about it? Maybe a little preview of the conversations that we're going to have, um, early next week that you might want to give our, our, our listeners a little insight to. Oh yeah. A, a couple, uh, dealing with trauma, mm-hmm. especially as black men and how you pass that trauma down from generation to generation. Yeah. How you mask that trauma as well right you also talking about uh just americans black americans and people in general being forced to live in a closet mm-hmm. because of who they decide to love right or, or who, who they or who, who they, they feel innately they who they feel they truly yeah, are who they innately love who yeah, they innately right, just are right so you we like talking about that just talking about putting a project like this together 
which I think is amazing. They've done a wonderful job. Also, think we've had a very good run of some black shows recently, which I really love and appreciate as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm big on that. So I think you know, is is we really wanted to come in here and get I think into black this. women being seen and heard too. Absolutely, with some of the scenes with uh, Hippolyta and um, and D, yes. even Ruby. There's there's a lot. We we, we gonna a trust me. There's there's a lot to digest with this, y'all. It's a I'm, great look, show. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that, man. But we we're around the hour mark, and we wanted to keep it within that hour for yes, everybody. Sir. Yes, sir. Um, so let's end it, man. Let's 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 talk real quick about music, bro. What you been listening to? Um, that new Trey songs is I oh, really like it. You do? Yeah. Okay. I like it because here's the thing, bro. Like, I didn't really see a lot of talk about it. I didn't see a lot of talk about it, and I just kind of asked a few people I respect their ear, and it was like, yo, it's if you a real Trigger fan, it's mid. So I didn't even give it a listen. Nah, you like it? It's good. But you also tend and, to just like anything that talk about slow sex and R&B and late night. So well, I prefer, is it really good, Trey? I, like, I, I prefer rough sex, but that's neither here nor there. Man, man, take what it. I'm saying here is, we go. Here we go. What I'm saying is it like it's it's good music. Yeah? What people, what people do often that they look at something, they so go, the oh, pack, 22 songs? I'm not going to like it. Uh, I don't like five songs out of the 22. But for me... It's something that you can put on, yeah. you start doing stuff, and you'll just enjoy it while you're doing it. Okay. Like, if I can put your album on and I can drive from here to the Bronx in traffic without wanting to turn it off, it's a decent that's project. A, that's, that's a good project. project, yeah. Because right? yeah. there's a lot of projects that I put on and I'm like, I'm just turning it off. Mm-hmm. So I think um, listening to that on the drill scene, uh, listening to the Young Boys, 22Gs, and uh, Coach the Ghost got a new song out called Movie. So I like that. I've been listening to that. Uh, still listening to... King's Disease by Nas. Definitely still in rotation. Um, I have to get to the Benny the Butcher you got, project. So I'm going to talk that about you can that. talk about it. I got to get to it. I haven't gotten a chance I, to get to it yet. You know what I mean? Butcher's coming, nigga. Um, in addition to that, so okay, I, I, I'll give Trigger a listen then. I just, you know what it is certain too? Sometimes like, when I'm a fan of an artist or I like an artist's past project, if I feel like they kind of passed their prime and on the decline, I might just, if I feel like it's not going to hit, I don't even want to listen to it because it's kind of it's like kind of watching Mike on the Wizards, you know. Like, I don't really want to have this experience or, or consume their 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 greatness in this way. So I'm gonna just leave it alone. But okay, I'll take it in. Um, Savage Mode Two from Twenty One Savage. Uh, you know, more to turn up in, but Metro Boomin phenomenal with the production on it. Um, that's definitely something I love to play when I'm in the gym. Uh, this tape called Edna by Hetty One, UK rap, but uh, definitely dope. Different, different type of sound. But if you trust me, if you like drill, if you like Brooklyn drill, you know where Brooklyn drill really come from, UK drill. So, oh, you know, Bryce and Tello, I've been listening to that. I, like I didn't it. anniversary, yeah, very well, short. Worth um, the listen though. Yeah, absolutely worth okay. the listen. I, it's, it almost sounds like trap I, soul again. That's what I'm about to say. I, I, when I when I tapped into it briefly, and what I asked for is just like it seemed like it was almost like. Trap Soul Part Two, like he but was you, hoping for. But something. also understand that this is what people. It's also, he has a certain sound. Yeah. So when Bryson puts out music, that's just his sound. It's going to sound like Trap Soul. That's one. The second thing is, this is what people's been asking him for. Like he put out another album that he overthought. He did a bunch of other things, and it didn't go well. And people was like, "Oh, I don't want this. Where's Trap maybe, Soul? So maybe Where's maybe?" So he gave you another project of Trap Soul. I think the crazy thing is, I think what it maybe is like. Okay, cool. It's back to the original sound. It's just that it took five years to do. Yeah, but so now, the, now the attention is kind of, you know? The other thing is, it's only 31 minutes. Yeah, so it's quick. So it's really not going to cost you. So I, I really enjoy it. It's some, he got some joints on there that are really, mm-hmm. really bangers. Like Time Interlude, Salt. You, like, you got to listen. Back. I'm you gonna listen it out. And then we talk about it in the next one. But right now, before me personally, I had my man Freddie Gibbs having that title. Uh, with his with his project Alfredo. Right now, my album of the year for 2020 is Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher. I mean, so Benny does this project with uh with Hit Boy. Hit Boy's been on a run this year from Big Sean's album to Nas's album. He's he's a, producing from top to bottom a lot of good rappers um projects. So Hit Boy and Benny link up, and it's all produced by Hit Boy. And man, it's just it's quality rap. The bars are there, the lyrics is there, the delivery, the content, the production is amazing. Um, you know, no no shout out to the typical Griselda producers like Darren and those guys. But Griselda, when they first came, a lot of they a lot of production is, is gritty beats, It's gritty beats like that kind of Wu Tang, uh, early locks kind of sound. 
um, that street sound, and the beats are definitely very um, more eclectic, I would say, but still still in a line with that street style that Benny, Conway, and Westside Gun offer, but wow, like, you know, Benny got projects before this, Plugs I Met, Time to Talk, that whole series, um, you know, I, I, I got put on a Benny uh, pretty early due to just, you know, a lot of, you know, us going to school in Binghamton, um, a lot of our bros from Five Chapter from Buffalo are Buffalo locals, they from Buffalo, so, you know, shout out dudes like Aquil, um, whose older brother used to run with Benny, um, Cam's LB, Derek, who works for Griselda, you know, like, people that we know is tapped into that camp, so, so much so, um, even early this year, one of the concerts I was supposed to go to, but the time, it just didn't work out, that's, um, that's when everything I going down with Pops, and Pops is on life support, I had gotten tickets, um, to go see Benny at a Philly show, me and Drew Harrison was gonna go out there, but I just didn't feel comfortable with it. I'm glad in hindsight I didn't. I just ain't feel comfortable with like going to Philly and not knowing if I might get a crazy phone call while I'm out there and have to rush back. But man, I've been it's I don't it's 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 a great introduction for Benny on the he's been bubbling for a while. It's a great introduction for him on the biggest scene. He's gonna get a lot of respect off it. And you know, following the talk off off of this album, man, Burden of Proof, I'm gonna definitely give y'all my hood scripture from a track that I was feeling. A track that I was feeling off of you. You familiar with the Griselda Cats though? Um, Jay, you, you listen. You listen to Griselda and Benny? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's good to know, man, because that's that's good hip hop right there. That's good hip hop. So I'm just gonna take y'all home with this hood scripture right here from Benny, and then the name of this track is called New Streets. New Streets off the album, and he's he's really just splitting a lot of games. He's he's sharing a lot of game with folk. You know, mostly the younger generation. So he says, it's going to be hard to convince kids. But honestly, losses taught me more than my wins did. It's complicated. I can't see it. Work hard just to break even. We traded that for them great beaches in St. Regis. Trust me, there's two sides. One glamorous, one scandalous. These symptoms of abandonment. We suffer damages. I was you, not comprehending or understanding it. Losses turn into pain, then they become advantages. Give you that last line one more time. Losses turn into pain and then they become advantages. But only if you make a pivot from it, y'all. Only if you learn from it, make a pivot. But that that's the kind of talk Benny's on. Tap in, y'all. From the block to the boardroom, episode eight. Your man T Stars, my co-host Dr. J. It's great and rocking with y'all. Hey y'all, we'll be back for y'all soon. Absolutely. See y'all soon. Peace. Enjoy your week. Peace.